You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, welcome to episode 37 of the Leading Off Podcast. As always, I am Matthew Brun. We decided to talk with a different rhythm than literally every other one I've done for the last episodes. Uh, oh, oh yeah, uh, there's a sound. That's Cooper. Oh, yes, yes, of course. See, I was really confused because that was not your normal voice. I thought something might be up, but no, you're just changing it up. So that's interesting. It's new, so, new and improved. Well... I, I had realized that I literally talked like in the exact like like pretty much perf- like perfect rhythm like basically every time since we fixed like the oh and who am I talking to over here thing and so I was like you know maybe I should maybe I should change that up actually let's have some fun you know there's no baseball going on we can get a little crazy yeah it's usually the uh, I, I I don't know if I can say it and even if I did it probably wouldn't sound much different from what you said but I, there's obviously no noticeable difference just go listen to. Go also listen to the entirety of last week's as well, just to see yeah. if anyone listening here, just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to it so we can get those juicy views and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, like 20 cents that would give us uh, if like 100 of you did that. But, uh, well, hey, it is, it's, it is what it is, you know, any money? <laughs> no. Hey, we, you got to respect the, got to respect the hustle on a time like this. Am I right? Right. Honestly. Huh? Well, we have nothing to talk about, but we'll, well, we'll, we'll do our best. Well, 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 the deep well. Uh, we don't, now granted, yes, there's nothing new to talk about. However, in this episode, we'll be joined by fellow Twins Daily writer, uh, Cody Perkle. And he actually came up with a lot of topics to talk about. So I think we just need to farm him for ideas from the yeah. future, I guess. <laughs> that was a, he sent us a Google Doc, man. I was like, geez, I can't think of one thing. And he just got like 20 <laughs> things we can talk about, but. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, if if I want to like uh, maybe we uh, show people some like backstory to how this works, uh, it's a very interesting process in which we just uh, DM people on Twitter and ask them if they want to come on. <laughs> and because we're all you know Twins Daily writers, they always say yes. Uh, and then usually we'll be like, okay, is there like a topic specifically we want to hit on? And then you know, typically when there's an actual season going on or an off season or you know things of relevant interest, anything, anything for that matter. Like, that'll be a topic, and then there'll be, like, subtopics, you know, maybe stuff they wrote about, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, Cody legitimately, we have not had that happen, where someone just actually sent us a Google Doc of ideas. I'm like, okay, I'm impressed. <laughs> oh, it was, it was great, because, well, it, it, you just have to, with you texting me on Friday, who do we want on the pod? Me saying a name, you going, okay, and then me asking, and then, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very intricate process that we go through every every week. Every other week, I think we do a guest, but, Yeah. Um, but Cody is, it was impressive. I think we had probably, I bet he sent a total of 20 questions. We're going to go over one, two, three, four. So yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to steal all the other ones and use them in other weeks. Without <laughs> telling him. 
Yeah, you shouldn't have. Kept, you should really like block us from being able to see that document now, uh, unless you have a screenshot of it, which would be nice. <laughs> no, I'll do that. I'll sneak in. Just don't tip him off. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to the beginning of this podcast. That would be that'd be bad. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully he doesn't re-listen to the podcast that he's on, you know, like <laughs> something normal people might do. I don't know. Yeah. Actually, well, what, do people do that? Like, I don't know. I'm thinking, I, I don't. I've done it a couple times. Like, I did it three weeks ago, or maybe about a month ago, but I, I don't regularly. Do you? Well, no. I, well, okay, so I have to... It, it's different from our perspective, because we, you know, consistently do it, but if you're someone oh, like, okay. you know, someone else, like, I don't know, Cody or Ted... Uh, who you know you don't have a podcast like do you listen to because well, well, i'm thinking now when i did it with matt Nash's? yeah yeah i didn't listen to that so no, i guess that answers the question well i didn't i mean why would i already know everything that's gonna be said <laughs> i mean yeah i don't yeah it'd be just i don't know to be like listening to myself a second time and i don't really want to listen to myself talk because i don't often know what i'm talking about but here we are yeah that's fair basically when i'm at I'll only listen to like the first 15 seconds of us talking like the last 15 seconds and then anything in the middle I'm just like you know whatever this is in God's hands like I don't <laughs> unless it's like a, a big mistake I'm like specifically, right. oh I have to edit this out but uh, uh, beyond that I'm just like you know it is what it is I, I could be saying like you know claiming there are aliens and I saw them yesterday and it's like you know oh, whatever that's just gonna be a thing if anyone reaches that point good for them so if they know it if they keep listening to us all the way there I mean that's fine with us, I guess. Matt hey. thinks there's aliens here. I think that's you actually did say that last week, but yep. See, you can't say that because I don't know if that's true or not. I, I yeah. might have said that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure myself. See, I can, you... Yeah, I can say that knowing you don't know if you actually said that because, yeah. <laughs> also knowing that I'm not going to go and check because I don't care. Right, yeah. So why would you? Yeah, I just don't. Now, um, there was a sports thing. Kind of over the weekend. I don't know. Did you watch any of the NFL draft? Oh God, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh yes, I loved it. It was so much fun. I haven't ever watched an NFL draft, but I was just starving, starved for sports, and it, it, it was all right. I mean, it you know to fill the void in my sports area of my it. Yep. <laughs> yep. But it was it was enjoyable, and then the Vikings did good. Apparently, they were great at first in the NFL and all that. So. I had fun watching the NFL draft. Yeah, it was... I mean, I, I do watch the NFL draft consistently. Usually it's just like the first round and then yeah. some of the second day and after that I'm like, you know, whatever, you know, fourth or fifth round picks. It's not like fifth round picks become anything like Stephon Diggs or anything. You know, they're, they're Until that Rick Spielman and his four seventh rounders. <laughs> four? I thought he had like 18 by the end. Good lord, man. <laughs> he might have. I mean, yeah. I stopped paying attention. I will admit I stopped paying attention by the fifth round. Uh, I mean, that's that's understandable. That's fair. Uh, what was I saying? But yeah, I, I watched it also. Uh, it was a surprisingly well done um, broadcast. Yeah. It was a lot smoother than I thought it would. The big issue, and the thing I was like, you guys need to chill. Why did they always have to bring up a player's like dead father and something? Or yeah. like some horrible tragedy. It was just like, this is like the happiest time in this kid's life. Right. You know, he's like a 19, 20 year old. He's getting drafted into the NFL. They're like, remember when his dad like tripped and got hit by a car and died? Right. Like, why? Right. It, it lists things like high school GPA, top of class, you know, um, very good in college at, you know, just helping things. Um, his aunt died at age three. And then another really good thing. It's like, gee, you didn't have to include that one. Uh, it was just really odd. But yeah. What? Or you could at least, you know, uh, I don't know, talk about 
where that player is good as far as like playing like maybe give like an actual breakdown as far as yeah like an nfl analysis yeah you know like you do when you're an analyst because that's like in the title of your name yeah it it was actually surprisingly good for being virtual i didn't think it would be i thought it'd be i was hoping it'd be a lot more chaotic and messy just for fun but as we've got going it was interesting to see it actually work well but yeah you're right that was one flaw that was very noticeable and twitter really went at it after during that i think yeah no nfl draft where i had i had forgotten how just wild it was. It's, <laughs> it's uh also uh the last thing i want to talk about because we you know this is a baseball podcast technically uh the funniest yeah, thing that probably yeah i know technically but like uh the funniest thing that happened was when they you know because they were showing like coach cams and like player cams and whatnot which was actually oh yeah Beyond, like, judging what their house looked like, which was, you know, a phenomenal thing. Shout out to Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, <laughs> I loved it when they showed Bill Belichick, and it was his dog, and he wasn't even in the frame. I'm like, this is beautiful. This is art. Anyone else would have been like, wow, that's kind of it's kind of odd that Belichick. It's like, yeah, this is about something that I would have expected from him completely. Like, just, <laughs> yep, it's Bill Belichick for you. Probably, yeah. he's, I love that guy. He's just, he's just odd. I think all of his players probably hate him, but he's fun to pay attention to. He is, he's just such an interesting character. And, like, you'll, you know, you look at his dining room table. It's, like, the most normal, like, boring thing ever. Right. He's, like, I don't know, just wearing a sweatshirt or whatever. He, he, does, he has, like, two laptops. You saw, like, people with his elaborate-ass, like, screens and whatnot. Uh, what was the Lions guy? They had the IT guy in the Winnebago in his freaking, like, oh, front yeah, yard. Oh, like, in the driveway then, or something. Yeah, yeah. And then also a shout-out to Mike Zimmer and his, like, eight deer heads you could see in the background. <laughs> great. But then... Yeah, here's Bill Belichick with like two small laptops, a piece of paper, and a dog, and you know that guy's won however many Super Bowls, like a hundred. Right, he had the least going on, and he will, you know, he'll probably go. He has, doesn't have Tom Brady anymore, but he'll go ten six next year with some weird quarterback we've never heard of. It'll be great. It'll be great fun hey, to watch. Shout out to the Buccaneers for taking two go- gophers. You know, that's yeah. I guess we're Bucks fans now. If they weren't going to go to the Vikings, I mean, may as well. It'll be fun watching them play with Brady and that team that will be good this year. So yeah. I like those picks. Yeah, except they took an Iowa guy. So that kind of, you know, that's, that kind of offsets it. But, you know. Luckily, I pay almost zero attention to college football and only started this year when I heard they were good. So anything like Iowa or Wisconsin players does not bother me at all. <laughs> well, well it's, you're more blessed than some. I'll say that much. <laughs> Good. I don't. Yeah. I'm probably because it's just what I do. I'll probably end up getting way too into it and get mad over these things. But I shouldn't. <laughs> You'll just. Get, well, you mean getting mad online? Something that we have never right. done no. ever. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, enough of that. We're done talking about the NFL draft. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and we come back. We'll be talking to Cody. back we're done we're out of break uh which in reality took like i don't know two minutes but uh in real time probably won't take too long anyways we are here joined by cody perkle how you doing there cody Uh, i'm doing doing all right i'm uh recording this from my uh from my car so the upstairs neighbors don't interrupt (laughs) interrupt our important business here um but yeah just kind of living out this quarantine uh trying to stay busy you're you're calling from the car. Okay, that's a new one. Yep. I think Stop. I I've recorded an episode 
in the car, I think. So it's it's all normal. I get it. I get what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I think am I the only one that hasn't recorded from the car? I didn't tell you, I don't think, but yes, we I did do that. Like was I not supposed to be that I was recording from my car? No, it doesn't matter. Matt's oh, okay, reacting. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this is just something I do. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just who I am. I mean, to be fair, like when we first started and I was still living in the dorms, I recorded in a lot of weird places, so I guess you know, <laughs> I should be talking. Uh, now I have a house, though, uh, which sounds very professional and adult. Uh, do not get the wrong impression. I am not. Uh, it just seems that way. Anyways. <laughs> yes, so, but yeah, keep going. So, Cody, uh, we do have some questions for you. These are questions you sent us. Uh, but before we get to that, I do want to ask one more question. I ask this to uh, all of our Twins Daily writers who come in. Um, because I'm interested in this. Uh, you know, uh, I want to know if you could kind of walk us through how you've uh, found your way writing through Twins Daily, what that process has kind of been like for you. Because you're one of our newer ones. I know that. And you used, yeah. to, used to be in our, like, Twitter mentions all the time. And now you've moved up the ranks uh, from per- perennial shit poster to actual writing. <laughs> so kind of take us through that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's actually kind of a funny story. I um, It was, like, last spring. I can't remember what the date was but it'd be pretty easy to look up because um i was sitting at the bar and uh i saw the last two of max kepler's five home runs off of trevor bauer um (laughs) and i was in the bar and it was like a i don't know what night it was and uh you know it's on tv whatever i i don't pay for cable where i'm at and uh didn't want to use you know sketchier methods whatever to watch it so i was at the bar watching it and uh, i see that fifth home run go out in a row and I was like losing my mind and I look around and, and everyone in the bar is just like looking at me like I'm an idiot. Like they got no <laughs> idea what's going on. And I'm like, man, you know, it'd be fun to uh, be around some people that like kind of share my no- like knowledge and interest of kind of what's going on here. Cause everyone was just kind of clueless. They probably just thought I was some idiot sitting at the bar that, <laughs> you know, whatever. But, uh, so I, so I messaged, uh, John that night, um, bonus you know um and uh just kind of said hey how can i get into this um and he sent me a bunch of really good information um and it's kind of funny because it probably went like four or five more months before i had the balls to actually start like blogging at twins daily and uh i finally just one day decided you know what i'm gonna post something i think i'm like trading for chris archer or some crazy (laughs) something crazy like that um and I uh, just kind of sent it to John, like, hey, I posted this, check it out. And um, he, uh, yeah, he went up the ranks to whoever he had to talk to. I think Tom checked it out. And, uh, yeah, they were like, yeah, you want to come on uh, first of the year or whatever? We might have an opening. And, uh, yeah, I took that uh, Saturday slot, I guess, is what they had open. So Now, it's 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 really cool. That's, that's a great story. Uh, and this is some... I've talked about it. I know Cooper's talked about it. Very similar situations. Uh, and kind of what we really like about Twins Daily, where you're just like, hey, you know, I'm a guy with ideas. And you have that opportunity to, you know, with the blogging section, to kind of make a name for yourself. Get something down. Maybe a lot of people won't read it at first, but at least your ideas are down and people kind of know you. And then you can, you know, start building your rapport and whatnot. And I think that's, I think that's a really cool opportunity you don't see it elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, it was awesome. I mean, it was like a couple a couple uh just a couple blogs and i was i was on the list i guess it was it was great it's an awesome opportunity to be able to kind of just put whatever you want on there yeah you know i just man i put a lot of you know conspiracy theories and whatnot and you know it just 
uh, slips through the crack. Uh, I hope people know I'm joking on that one, but uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's somewhat, I don't think a lot of people understand. We're given a lot of leeway as far as we're, we're not like, like weekly assigned stuff. Like Tom does send out an email and kind of, you know, maybe might provoke us to write about a certain topic, but it's like hands off. You can write about whatever. Uh, and you know, I mean, Nash wrote about the handsomeness of twins players. So that kind of shows you the limits <laughs> of what we're about to talk about. Yeah, and Tom was fired up for that one too. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting time. But uh, some actual specific twins questions we got here. Uh, first one, I want to ask: uh, Would you re-sign Sergio Romo, and at what price? Yeah, I mean, this one kind of came to mind for me. I, I think it was True Blood wrote about this this last week at Twins Daily. Um, just kind of talking about how, like, if the season's canceled, he might his like career could easily be done. And he kind of just talked about how like comfortable his at bats have gotten with like how his velo on his fastball has gone down. Um, it's like 86 or something like that now. And at some point, you know, it just gets to a point where it's, you know, guys are, guys are just going to tee off on it every time he throws it. And that, that happens to some extent, but like, um, I mean, I think if there's no season, I think we should sign Romo back if, if for no other reason other than just that he gets right, he's out. And in the American League with the Astros and the Yankees and everybody, I think that's a pretty good skill to have. I mean, he still throws that changeup and everything, too, and should be able to get lefties out at least a decent amount of the time. And I think I saw he's even, like, top 20 in active spin, which is a really nerd stat way of saying, like, he gets really good movement on his changeup and, and slider. Um I think for how much I would pay him, I think what do you get like five million? I think this year. I don't know with a year off, with like his age and everything, and like probably other options. Um, if I would sign him back for that, but maybe he would be more open to like a like a two and a half or three. I don't know. I'm not. I guess I'm not really sure where he's going to be at in his career either, where whether or not he wants to play. But yeah, so. I'd assume if the season's canceled and they have to bring him back, I would assume his price will drop just based on, you know, him being old. So I've, I'm probably on the same boat with you. If it's like two to three million dollars, I would, I'd do it because heck, what, where else is that going to go? It's like, yeah, it's, it's just cheap and bring him back. He's a good, everyone loves him. I mean, and as you said, you can still get guys out. He proved that last year. So bring him mm-hmm. back. If he's awful, you can cut him, I suppose. But, I mean, he should be all right. Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned that True Blood article, uh, which was something I actually hadn't read until uh, just today. But uh, it, it kind of caught me out. It, let me let me say this correctly. Let me speak. Uh, it caught me off guard. There we go. Um, because it appeared that Romo had a, a very good season, a perfectly normal Sergio Romo season. But according to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of you know, crazy advanced stats, we got so DRA minus and CFIP, which I mean, just say they sound like STDs more than anything, but you know, I guess they're actual MB stats. Uh, DRA minus, I know that's de- uh, deserved runs allowed, which is a lot like FIP, but it's adjusted for uh, ability. So, because like striking out, uh, I don't know, some crappy Tigers player, let's just say, you know, Nico Goodrum, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's Striking out Mike Trout are two very, very different things. Uh, so it, it kind of adjusts that for value. I don't know anything for CFIP. That's – I I'm not even going to try. I, yeah, I can't help you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, the numbers in comparison, though, in those numbers, it was 
actually significantly uh, his worst season. Uh-huh. Uh, DR minus was one of his highest of his careers. Uh, CFIP was uh, 101, so it was actually above average. Uh, I don't know, like in practice, what that says, uh, in, and then missing a year, how that kind of affects him. But if the if we can kind of trust these numbers, I'm I'm halting a bit more than I think I would have uh, if I didn't know this. Yeah, you, you want to know something crazy? I would. We all love like Sergio Romo and his like energy and like his ability to mentor and whatever, like everything he brings to the table. Like we all know that. I would like almost want Tyler Clippard more. As crazy as that sounds, mm-hmm. like I love Tyler Clippard. I don't know about you guys. I mean, he was on the Indians and whatnot, but I think just like ability wise i think tyler clippard would be like a better fit if we had to like choose between the two he'd probably cost a little bit more but um yeah i don't know no i'd actually i think i'd agree with you there romo at this point provides much more valuable in the clubhouse than on the field i think and i mean how much can it with his age how much can you really outweigh the production on the field if it's going to keep dropping which no one can beat father time, as I've often been telling Matt. Um, but... <laughs> wait, wait. Now you care about age? Okay, no, I see how it is. Hey, no, it only matters when someone like Romo here cruises different. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so I'd, I'd actually bring Clippard back as well. I think he's a better pitcher overall. And yeah, I think he'd fit well on this team, and I'd like to see him pitch with the Twins still. So I'm with you on that. Man, I don't, I don't know if I can agree with that. I think I'd go Romo. Really? <laughs> He's just got, I don't, the, the dude's closed out like 18 World Series. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I go Romo. I think I like what he's done recently more than Clippard. Clippard did have a phenomenal 2019, but if you look at the years before that, it's a lot more iffy. Uh, remember that one year he bounced around to like five different teams, like the White Sox, the Yankees, and Astros? He was on the Astros and he couldn't pitch well. I, I, I don't know what that says, but it doesn't say anything good. Maybe they weren't banging trash cans. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I just look at, I look at that. I, I think they're comparable, you know, as far as not high velocity guys tend to be more, I hate to say crafty cause that's a stereotypical thing, but I guess you'd have to say crafty. Um, but I still think I go Romo just, you know, total package. I like him more. Yeah. I could see like, I could see total package, but I think unless like another lefty like becomes like kind of readily available for the twins in the bullpen, I think, I think Clippard could kind of fit that role like they've talked a bunch about. And then, I don't know, he's he can still get righties out. I mean, Romo just kind of gets keyholed by lefties, it seems like. That's my only worry about it, is especially with the three-batter minimum now. I don't know. Uh, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I do believe Romo was actually passable against lefties. He wasn't just, like, god-awful. Obviously, you know, yeah. if he's up against, I don't know, like Cody Bellinger, you're not exactly feeling too hot. But I don't know if he's gonna face uh, Lurie Garcia. I'm probably fine. Yeah, you're right. He did. He did. He threw that changeup more last year. I remember that now. You're you're probably right on that. All right. Wow. Look at that, Matt. Right on something. <laughs> Such yeah, don't things are possible. There. Yeah. You don't don't you be helping my. God, God knows I don't need. Is it too yeah. late to edit that out? No. <laughs> you have that on. T- that's actually recorded forever. So you know. And Matt uh, controls the editing. He will probably stretch it out if anything. But. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually gonna like. I can't even. I don't even know how I do this, but I'm gonna make it louder than everything else and just like <laughs> isolate that. Just be like, Matt was correct. That's gonna be my ringtone, actually. Uh, all right, man. <laughs> but I'd still. I think I'm still with Cody. I'd bring back Clippard over Romo. Just 
you know, I think Romo missing a full season and being as old as he is, father time, it's going to catch him soon. And so, yeah, I'd have to say Romo's probably seen his best. Well, we know his best days are behind him, but his probably good days are close to ending here. So I'm with, I'm with Clifford. Now, I'm going to have to talk to you about age because you are being <laughs> you're actually you're annoying me with this shit. Cruz is different. I, that's a conversation for a different we'll time, but later. I, I'm we'll about to later. like punch, about to punch a hole in the wall if you don't stop talking. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to move on. Uh, next question you had was uh, free agents kind of looking towards next year, uh, which is a shame we have to do this when it's almost May, but <laughs> it's kind of the reality right now. Uh, the free agents will not change. This has uh, been confirmed. Uh, so anyone that was set to be a free agent, guys like uh, I believe JT Oriomuto, uh, Mookie Betts, unfortunately for the Dodgers, might never play a regular season game. <laughs> uh, Trevor Bauer and some other guys, uh, they will still be free agents. Uh, but who are you looking at? Who's kind of at the top of your free agent wish list right now? Yeah, my uh, Nash actually kind of inspired this one when I was on his show like last Tuesday or whatever. Uh be pretty fun to get Trevor Bauer. I was kind of thinking about that more. I don't know if you guys have heard the backstory of his plan for free agency. Um, Just but, one year deals, yeah? Yeah, so he, oh. he, he made a deal with one of his buddies that if he ever takes more than a one-year deal in free agency that he gets to shoot him in the nuts with a paintball gun. Uh, so I'm, I'm heavily relying on him to keep his word on that. And I mean, even if it's like for one year, like maybe the twins don't want to spend like a bunch of money on like a long-term deal after just signing Donaldson and whatnot and waiting to see how that works out. But I mean, if you could get him for like a one year, you know, 20 some million dollar deal and, you know, maybe he likes it here. He wants to come back. Uh, I think, I think he'd be kind of an ace for us to be honest, like, working with Wes Johnson, working with the analytics, all the new crazy stuff they're implementing. I think he would have a ball with that. And I just think he's pretty good. I mean. Oh, yeah. I was actually going to – I was hoping you didn't bring up Trevor Bauer because he was on the top of my list as well. But, yeah, certainly I've been looking at Matt. Brought him up before I did. I think it was even maybe last trade deadline. But yeah. I've been talking about Trevor Bauer for like a year, right. but, you know, whatever. I'm not right. – yeah. I'll be, I'll be humble about it. I'm stealing this from you anyway. So, yeah, I think, I mean, Trevor would just be interesting. I used to not really like the guy, but he's really come around with his social media presence and actually trying to make baseball interesting. And but besides mm-hmm. that, he's a really good pitcher. Like, he did have a bit of a down 2019, but his 2018, or yeah, 2019, but his 2018 was certainly solid. So, I don't know. I'd be a one year deal can never hurt, of course. And, no. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Get him for that. See, if, and maybe he also come back after that. Who knows? So, I'd target him as well. Yeah, obviously, I've been on uh, record saying I'd target him as well. Uh, something else to keep in mind is that there is uh, the Derek Falvey connection. Uh, Falvey was uh, with the Indians when they went and traded for Trevor Bauer. Uh, and he's kind of – I this was partly in the uh, MVP machine uh, book I started reading because, you know, I read books. I'm, I'm just, I just got it like that. Uh, but uh, they both kind of described themselves as pitching nerds. And they kind of They got along well, or at least it seemed that way. So maybe if you can kind of coax him that way, be like, hey, you know, we have this guy you like, and we're also pitching nerds. And uh, that might that might be appeal uh, be appealing to a guy like Bauer. So you can go get him. Uh, I agree with you, Cody. I think he'd be our ace. I think he'd be better than Barrios. Uh, so you're looking at, you know, Bauer, Barrios. You still got Maeda, uh, Michael Pineda. Pineda still for, Maeda Pineda. I never realized how that rhymed. That's kind of yeah. cool. Maeda Pineda. That's so fun to say. My God, I'm going to get lost on that, actually. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> and then I don't know the fifth, whoever the, your fifth wants to be. If you want to resell like Homer Bailey or Rich Hill, depending on what happens. But uh, if that's your top four, that's a pretty zesty top four. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I mean, that would solve like a ton of our starting pitching issues. I think like f- our bullpen was awesome last year and everything. Uh, I guess I'm not really sure like what direction it's headed with like the Romo and Clippard there. But one thing I would love is for them to re-sign Trevor May for obvious reasons. I mean, that's another guy that I wish they would have extended him like last spring because it looked like he was about to have a monster year and he started off a little slow, but I mean, he got going and he was like, he was a monster. And I mean, he's just a fun dude, honestly. I mean, obviously he's got those, those, uh, streams going on with MLB the show just an awesome dude to have around yeah absolutely um I remember it was just the walks that were keeping him back at the beginning of last season but he got control of those and once he started throwing the fastball really only he became you know in a, a borderline elite arm in the bullpen for the twins right behind Rogers and Duffy and then it was Trevor May it was like a, like an excellent big three out there in the bullpen for the second half of the year and yeah absolutely I'm with you I would love him back and for a reliever like him and 31 years old or so, I don't think it'd be, it's not like it'd cost a ton either. So bring him back for sure. I'm with you there. Yeah. He was an interesting case because you talk about relievers as like two pitch pitchers. He was literally just a one pitch pitcher. Like straight heater. Here it is. Have fun. And just guys couldn't hit it. It was like, you know, 96 at the top of the zone. You knew that was coming like eight times out of 10. Uh, it, It was like watching, you know, I don't want to compare him to Mario Rivera, but it's a lot in a similar fashion where it's like he's got one pitch, you know what's coming, and you know, guys still couldn't hit it. So it was it was impressive to see. I I do hesitate just a tad because of that uh you know, the poor start to the season. Obviously he finished really strong. You know, if that was something is that if that was a tangible change he made that he can continue and, you know, just work on that and get better, then hey, that's you got yourself a great reliever. But I, man, I still remember that first half. It was so infuriating to watch him pitch. He'd like strike a guy, strike a guy out, like walk two, like someone to hit a single, and you're just like, he'd throw like 30 pitches, and you're just like, oh my God. It was like watching paint dry, and you're just like, my, oh my God, this is so painful. <laughs> now, eventually, I said he did get better, but if if we still have that first half, Trevor Mays somewhere in there, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little more hesitant on giving him like a multi-year deal. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, my thing with him is like, I don't know if there was a tangible change, but I know he he was a monster in the second half of 2018, and that was when he came back from Tommy John. And I know Tommy John, even after they're back in pitching, it usually takes like a year, and one of the big things is lack of control. So I don't know if it like was just like a time thing where it just had he just kind of had to get back in the swing of it. But I don't know. I guess that's the only thing I can think of. I, I haven't seen any kind of like tangible change he made other than just throwing more strikes and I don't know I guess I would I would hope that was kind of just the case he was just kind of getting back into it but who really knows you know hey hey Trevor have you tried throwing more strikes <laughs> oh my god I never I, I I know that's that's something we do as fans just like just throw strikes and you think he's like shit why didn't I think of that <laughs> I, I always yeah. found that fun I don't know it was just I remember he threw a curveball and back-to-back outings and each of the curveballs got just destroyed oh, over the Carlos right Santana. Wall. Yes, oh, that is man. the one. The and Dominic then, Smith. Know, every outing from there on out, it was just, all right, the curveball is not working. Fastball, fastball. He was telling a story on one of the streams you mentioned, Cody, and 
those are always great fun. I've tuned into a lot of them. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. It was like a story about him and Lindor. He was like, uh, close game. Lindor was up, two guys on or something. He's like, he knows what's coming. I know what's coming. Everyone in the stands know what's coming. Let's just fire it. Threw a fastball, struck him out. And it was like from that yeah. moment on, he just kept rolling. So, yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's pretty like, I always love that. We're just like, hey, you know what's happening. I know what's happening. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, it still, it still works out. It still that's, works, yep. That's kind of that's crazy to me. Um, anyways, we're going to take a short little break here. We're going to have an ad play. And then we're going to continue talking to Cody when we come back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back. In real life, all I did was take a breath because uh, editing magic, but probably felt like a lot longer when you listened to this. Uh, it's weird how that works. Anyways, Cody, we're here talking to you. We got some more questions. Uh, this is kind of a topic now that uh, a lot of people are thinking of, a lot of people are talking about, because it's really, I mean, this is what it's going to be going forward, at least this season. But uh, who do you think, uh, uh, as far as the Twins go, which twin will suffer the most from a shortened season? Uh, my obvious one, who I feel really, really bad for, is Jake Odorizzi. I mean, the dude was in line for a payday this offseason. I think he saw, like, the last two offseasons and was, like, worried about testing the, the the waters with that draft pick attached to him. And he probably would have gotten paid anyway. And he took that qualifying offer. He's in, like, a prove-it year, you know. And if baseball isn't played, I can't imagine that helps him. On top of that, I think, like, like budgets will be kind of suppressed with the lack of income from – the game's not being played and teams just aren't going to want to give out these big deals and stuff, especially to guys like Jake Odorizzi who had like that one year revelation season that would have gotten him big bucks. And I just, I really feel bad for that guy, to be honest, pitched his ass off all season and just keeps going wrong for him. I feel like. Yeah. I actually, me and Matt discussed something similar to this a few weeks ago, probably. And I brought him up too, because I wasn't sure where the money, if he would like, be able to land another payday if there was no season or no yeah no season played this year and so that's oh that's still a bit confusing to me like will he get paid and you just brought it there probably not because budget and stuff but yeah that's tough because wheeler and even mad bum got 84 million yeah. and he had yeah. offers for more than that which he took a cheap offer which I, really but uh yeah keiko got over 50 mil I mean, <laughs> i'm sorry well but, well the yeah. white Sox are also not smart but you know that's what true he would have compared more to guys like uh, Ryu and Wheeler, each of who got 20 mil per year. And I think Odorizzi would have been able to land that deal had he gone out to the market. So he's probably, that, that sucks for him, especially because he will, probably won't get that now. Not this year anyway. And maybe I'd, he'll probably take another one-year deal, pitch well, and hopefully get a payday. But who knows? He'll be like 32 then. That's also true. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, 30, 32. He's ancient. He might as well be in the grave at that point, you know? <laughs> I'm 24. I can barely get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> Dude, I'm 21. My back hurts. Jeez. How about you, Cooper? Tell us about your problems. Yes, I am just 18 years old, and my 
I I got nothing. Sorry. Wow. Give me three years. Give me three years. I'll get back to you. Well, you gotta wait. You got, he's got to drink water right now because he can't drink anything else. Yes, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> well, as he I said, said, I'm sitting in my car, so me too. <laughs> yeah, so he said as he's drinking his Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but you know that's whatever. Uh, <laughs> not to flex, not to flex. Um, yeah, Oda Rizzi probably. Uh, I've been I've been thinking. I I think probably a lot of the relievers who are going to become free agents also probably suffer, just because they tend to be more uh, volatile. And so you know, year to year basis, you don't really know what you're getting. Uh, we've already hit on Romo, but uh, and Clipper that applies to them, and then I guess May who we also just talked about. Uh, I don't really know beyond then, you know, just because all the other guys who are going to become free agents aren't really like too, I don't know how to describe it, but like you, you kind of know what you're going to get with these guys. Like Ariadrianza, you're going to get Ariadrianza. You're not going to yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, if you're signing him, you're going to get a decent utility guy. You're not expecting like, I don't know, a, an everyday starter. Or, uh, you know, when guys like Rich Hill, who are still up in the air, it's like, we don't, we don't know. Um, they're kind of still question marks. So I don't, I don't know. Odorizzi's definitely probably like the most uh, impacted by this. That's certainly true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, one thing I'll say about Trevor May on that front, too. I think there may have been teams like for how well he pitched at the end of the year. Like, it's possible some teams could have been like, you know, you could you could possibly be our closer like he could have gotten like an okay payday to be honest too like to try and be a team's closer like like i'm pretty sure matt mcgill is slotted in for the closer for the seattle mariners right now like that's how desperate some teams are for a closer like a team like that could have easily signed trevor may to like you know a couple years you know i don't know six seven million dollars a year i mean even if they were going to flip him when he started doing well but like He's another guy that it's like, well, that that kind of sucks because he's now got half a season, and then if this one gets canceled, it's kind of like, well, what else does his track record say? You know, not enough to get him that much money. I mean, what what does it really mean to be a closer on the Mariners? That's like, <laughs> I mean, it, they're never gonna get <laughs> they're not gonna get in a safe situation. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, it'd be like getting unemployment money. You're just sitting on the bench, you know, just doing nothing, but you're getting paid millions. So, yeah. <laughs> the backup quarterback. Yeah. It's, it's the best gig in America right there, backup quarterback. Amen to that. Uh, shout out to Case Keenum. <laughs> yes. I accidentally played too well one year. Now he has to start. <laughs> now he has to start and perform poorly. But again, we're talking about football. This is the wrong, I know. The wrong, uh, wrong uh, sport. Uh, anyways, so we had that. Uh, last question we had for you, and this is a debate uh, Cooper and I have been having, although debate's probably putting it <laughs> in a lot more friendly terms than what's really happening. But, is, is. Uh, but how high are you willing to go on re-signing Nelson Cruz? Like, what is the absolute, like, maximum where you don't feel comfortable going over that? Ugh, man, that's such a tough question. Like, I've heard so many different people's, like, takes on this. Like, some people are saying, like, $15 million, which, like, you look at his numbers last year, like, yeah, absolutely worth $15 million. But you take a whole season off, uh, I think he'll be 40 this July. So the next season would be like, what is age 41 season? I think that's how that works. I don't remember, but he, uh, he, I mean, it's so tough, especially for a hitter to just take a, a year off of major league pitching when you're, when you're 40 years old and God, I just, I don't know. Cause I mean, would you, 
I'd give them maybe another 10 to 11 million or something like that. Very tops. But I don't even know how realistic that is with like, like we talked about the, the loss of revenue and everything that comes from that season. I mean, the twins might just be like, you know what, we've got a ton of these guys to move around, whether it's like moving Donaldson off a of third base every now and then to DH, moving Snow off a of first to DH. We got Marwin moving around, Larnick and Kirilov coming up. Hopefully this, whenever the next season that baseball's played. I mean, I would give them like a fair amount of money. I just don't know that like if a whole season is just taken off, I just don't know that I want to give him like a $15 million contract at 41 or whatever he would be. I'd give him a 10 million. I wouldn't think twice actually. I'd, <laughs> I'd, he's good. I mean, he may be 41, but in his last full season, he had no PS in the nine, nine hundreds. And that's mm-hmm. good enough for me. Yeah. I mean, Matt, you know, he hates every time I talk about Nelson Cruz on this podcast, but yep. Um, I would give <laughs> Nelson Cruz 10 mil. That's prop. Although I probably wouldn't go any higher than that, so I'm with you there. You said you, I wouldn't touch twelve to fifteen actually. So there is a limit to my love for Nelson Cruz, sadly. But yeah, I would go to ten mil with him, despite him missing season, which I think might even slightly benefit him, just because he's really old and taking a year off might just help him recover. He he won't see pitch live pitching, of course, but. You know, I mean, he's 40, so he could take the year just to recover overall. And I'm sure he knows where or how to train properly for the upcoming season. So I think I think it'd benefit him a little bit, actually. Because, you know, notoriously players that are that old always get better when they get even older. You know, that's just <laughs> that's just a fact. Like, obviously, oh, God, I've. I, I got to refrain because, you know, we've literally had this conversation like the past two weeks, I'm pretty sure. Let's not go like three weeks in a row. All I'll say on Cruz, like personally, I'm more around like eight, eight and a half million. I, if he asked for 10, I honestly don't even think I'd give him that just because what I've already said with the age thing, but even Cody, what you brought up great points is looking ahead and some of the other guys uh, we're talking about, you know, Donaldson, of course, he's creeping up a bit. How much longer can he play third base? Granted, he was elite last year, but again, age still a thing. You know, Sano, we slot him in at first base. Is he actually a first base in long term? We don't know. Then you got the big boppers coming up, Larnick and Kirilov. And DH, just in general, it can be a uh, superfluous position. You don't need like a a designated, designated hitter, I guess, uh, is a good way of putting it. You know, off the top of your head, how many teams even have that? Like the Red Sox with J.D. Martinez, us with Cruz, and like, uh, that's that's kind of it. Most people like to keep it, uh, you know, in flow so you can move guys in and out. Yeah. How dare you insult Edwin Encarnacion like that? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Edwin Edwin needs a walker when he's going to the home plate. So you know. Well, he's on Chicago White Sox, and they're a good team. So there's that. But allegedly, I know, I know allegedly Cody's big on the White Sox. Actually, Cody, what do you think of the White Sox? You big on them this year? I'm not scared of the White Sox. <laughs> I am not scared of the White Sox. I think they're I think their starting pitching tra- uh, rotation is trash. Um, and that means a lot coming from a Twins fan because I've seen some occasions. Yeah. But I mean, they're fired. They get fired up about Ronaldo Lopez every year. The dude had that <laughs> in all baseball in 2019, and they and they saw him strike out like five or six guys in a spring training game this year. And all of a sudden, it's here we go again. You know, AL Cy Young, Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, okay. Cody's hate of the White Sox is one of my favorite things, and I love it. Just you and Nat, you and Nash both on Twitter just trashing them all the time. It's great. Uh, 
I appreciate it from when that one day I, I don't remember his name, but he like was talking about how the twin where the twins weren't as good as the White Sox, and then we all just like trashed him, him. just <laughs> just completely amb- gave him the business. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah, I woke. It was like a Saturday, and I got out of bed and I checked my Twitter feed, and I'm like, all right, we're going out. We're we're going after the White Sox fans today. That's what we're doing. All right. See, this was the issue. they signed too many players. They thought they thought they were going to be good, and we're like, no, we got to put you in your place right now. This this ain't right. You're set. You're like number three pitcher is a geriatric Gio Gonzalez, and you just gave fifty million to <laughs> Dallas Keuchel, who gave up a twenty percent home run rate last year, and you guys are celebrating it like you did something. So let, let's pump the brakes here. Pump the brakes. I dream. I dream of having enough money to to throw like that at my problems. I mean, it's incredible. Imagine giving $50 million to Dallas Keuchel. Imagine. <laughs> couldn't be us. It literally couldn't be. I mean, we wouldn't even consider it for other reasons, but, you know, uh, we wouldn't even consider it. <laughs> right. No, it's, I don't know. I remember it actually during the offseason. I said, you know, I'd give Keuchel, give him like 18 mil or something. Not yet, just like a one-year deal. And the White Sox went out 353. It was like, what the heck was this? But, it, yeah. Certainly, they're. I would predict them to probably be third in the division by a wide margin behind the White Sox. Yeah, they're yeah. the Twins and Indians. Yeah, in all honesty, all jokes aside, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. I think uh, with this being said, 2021, if you're looking at it, you know, if Luis Robert comes up, uh, if uh, Nick Madrill comes up, you got Dane Dunning, if, uh, Michael Kopech coming back, if all of these, you know, top end guys. Uh, start to you know develop the major league level and they start to perform maybe now i'm a little bit more scared of the white Sox because I, I do think they also made a really great signing with uh Ismani grandal i thought that was actually oh, yeah. phen- that was like a phenomenal signing everyone else they signed i'm like you know whatever they're they're all like over the hill whatever like steve cshek who's hyping up steve cshek <laughs> in the year 2020 like get out of here with that shit uh but grandal was great not if these guys come and supplement the talent then you know it's like all right, now you got a team that can compete. Also, that probably coincides with the Indians uh, coming down because they have to start, you know, paying people money, and that's where they draw the line. <laughs> so uh, then maybe, but now no. Yeah, I mean, when they extended Jose Abreu for like seemingly no reason, right. that was the point where I was like, all right, they're they're just kind of calling up everyone on on the free agent market here and throwing money at it. That's where it kind of brought everything to light. Where it's like, all right, they're just kind of throwing money around here to make a statement. And I don't know, a lot of them. A lot of those moves is like what what are we doing here i don't know i could be totally wrong we could be totally wrong but I don't that's what it looked be. like to me hey, <laughs> we maybe, could be but it's very unlikely maybe this is the year nomar mazara breaks out that's all i'm saying oh right? god i love that i love that <laughs> side of twitter I love it's it. been like he's been bad for like three years but just hear me out just hear me out uh <laughs> he's I mean, a lefty I, with power therefore he will break out soon shout out to Oswaldo Garcia for no reason <laughs> yes i, I, I think bring, i I think I have some bookmark tweets that I'll have to see if I can find of some guy oh saying that Omar Mazzara was better than Max Kepler. <laughs> oh, man. Get out. That's, that's the kind of stuff I Max Kepler take can get off my feet because, man. oh, man, I, that's, that's, where, that's where I draw the line, I'll tell you man. that. <laughs> they really do have some great crack in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying stuff like that. Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad this turned into an impromptu hate on the White Sox session. This, yeah, it wasn't uh, on the schedule. No, that just filled my soul. It's very happy right now. Uh, but yeah, I think this is going to call it, unless you have any other final uh, parting thoughts. Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm good. Uh, totally. Getting a little chilly out here in the Ford Focus. So. <laughs> I have two 
just rapid fire questions for you. Just answer oh, yeah. them with the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Number one, will there be a season this year? Yes. Nice. Number two, would you <laughs> sorry, Matt. Would you take um Jake Odorizzi, hundred mil over five years, or Nelson Cruz, twelve years over one? You only get oh twelve, 12 mil over one. Twelve years? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> twelve mil over one year. You only get I would one. I would probably go uh Nelson Cruz. Yes. Well for one. That awesome. I that does not How count. How does that Objection. not count? That's exactly Objection, what your I'm honor. talking about. This man cheat, your honor. What? Come on, how? How am I cheating? That's exactly I, the argument. I lean, lean the witness on. <laughs> how? Uh, whatever. You know. I never went to law school. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love it. But yes, that was. I did not think that was going to happen. I needed that answer. Thank you very much. That's all I got for you. Well, Cody, <laughs> you got on my good side. Now you're on my bad side. That's right. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe you've done this. Oh, just man. keep replaying that bit you're going to save until you feel good about me again. <laughs> or maybe I'll just edit this out. Cooper can't get stop that. You're right. And I would never know if you did anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the truth. All right. Thank you for talking to us, Cody. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. You too. Right, and we are back. Finished talking to Cody. Had a, a very pleasant conversation that ended up turning into hating on the White Sox, which was just uh, just perfect, just beautiful. It, it was great, and I got everything out of it I wanted to. The, um, I, I, yeah. Everything I needed, and it was fair and square. You can't even argue with me that it went that I let him on. I gave him the perfectly fair answers, and you're, he went with mine. You're so lucky that we're not supposed to touch people at a time like this because you're, you're catching these hands soon. Yeah, you're like, going to get on a plane. In case people don't know, we are many states away from each other, so yeah. <laughs> good luck I'm gonna, with that. I'm going to drive like three yes. days just oh, so man. I can just to do it. Just so I can show up at your door, even though I have no clue where you live. Just... Alright, whatever. <laughs> no, you'd, you'd figure it out. You'd tell it. <laughs> I figure... Well, am I going to like do nature calls or like smoke... <laughs> like what... <laughs> I think I'm like uh, Captain yes. Nature or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think you get, you're resourceful enough that you get it. You have more faith than I do. That's for certain. <laughs> Anyways, uh, because Cooper and I are geniuses, and we uh, never tweeted out uh, the question to ask it, or never tweeted out the tweet to ask us questions. Uh, we don't have any new ones. But fortunately, <laughs> from last week, we did have two questions asked by someone uh, late. This was the Monday after we recorded, so there was no way we could have answered these questions because that's not how time works. But uh, fortunate for them, uh, we are going to answer those questions right now because they're the two questions we have. So these both come from Josiah Waldner. Uh, first question is, how did you become baseball fans? Uh, I don't know specifically how that timeline worked. Uh, and I, I talked about this before, but if I had to like pinpoint time or a game uh, i think it was 2009 game 163 was kind of like my first at least visceral like baseball memory where i was like yeah this is a cool sport i want to get into it and then after that uh, I, I watched the 2010 twins which is a very depressing statement to say uh, and now i'm here so yeah um i guess baseball thing i I don't know if I was ever a fan before I started watching. I know I played baseball as a child. Like I don't know if I just even understood what I was doing, or it was just like go to field, hit ball. Now that's what I do. 
but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, when I, I guess we, when I definitely became a fan of watching baseball, I remember it oddly specific. Um, Francisco Liriano was pitching. It was game one of the 2010 ALDS game. And I just remember the game. And he gave up a, a big triple, triple to Curtis Granderson off the right field wall in the playoffs. And the Twins were up 2-0. They were down 3-2 after that. And they ended up getting swept. And Brian Dunzing pitched game three. Brian Dunzing was my favorite Twins pitcher for a couple of years. So don't, I don't, I don't know why, man. He was like my favorite That's... pitcher, favorite ever, first ever favorite Twins pitcher. So, yeah. Bri- Brian, Brian Dunzing, huh? <laughs> yes, I liked him, but I don't know why. Wow, Brian Dunsing. Uh I do remember that game three you started because I was against uh, future twin Phil Hughes. So, hmm. yeah. yeah, that was also true. So yeah, that's how I got into it. <laughs> Naturally, it's from uh, losing a playoff series to the Yankees because what else would it be? <laughs> of course. What yeah, I became it? a fan at losing. Yeah, I mean now I'm just used to it. It's whatever. Yeah, that's kind. Of, there's a there's a sobering experience, uh, and this is this is like a Minnesota sports thing in general. Uh, but I remember my first time realizing like what I was in for for life was the 2015 wildcard game. This was the Vikings versus the Seahawks mm, in which yeah. Blair Walsh missed the 27 yard field goal to lose them the game. And uh, there's a lot of things that happened. Now, the first of all, I caught the brunt of it because they lost the Seahawks and I live in Washington. And I had to go to school the next day. And I was just like, basically that was my first taste of depression and just like getting made fun of. And I was like, well, this sucks. But I remember specifically when that play happened, when when Blair Walsh missed the field goal. I was, like, shocked. I was stunned. I didn't know what to say. And then my dad, who had watched the entire game with me, was just like, yeah, I saw that coming, and then just left. <laughs> and I'm like, so this is what life's like now, I guess. Oh, man. I have been, yeah, same story. My dad and my dad's friend or family friends were over, and it was just commercials were on. Me and he has a kid who I was friends with who was Watching like, yep, this is gonna be great. We're gonna win the game. And they were like, Oh, we are not going to win this game. They are <laughs> going to miss this field goal. And they did, of course. Everyone knew that it was older than us, you know, the, the ones that had seen everything before. And it was apparently the least surprising thing to ever happen. So <laughs> I, I find it hilarious. It's in, in hindsight it's funny now, but at the time I was just like, Oh, oh yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it was awful. This, how does this happen? This can't happen. Uh, spoiler alert, they can't. So, and it did. So, fun stuff. Now, now I'm perfectly set up. Now, getting swept by the Yankees, I was just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> we, had a, we had a good season. It, it was whatever. Yeah. I get a lot less sad over sports outcomes than I used to. Like, I, I don't know if sad is right. We're just like disappointed. Like, now I'm just like, well, it happens. And I've had it much worse than today. Like a regular season game that they lose. It's like, oh, well. Move on tomorrow. Who cares? I guess it's like I've seen the worst of the worst here in Minnesota with disappointment. So hit me with anything. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, man, the cruel reality of life. It's a uh, very sobering, uh, very upbeat we've gotten here. Let's uh, let's move yeah, on. Look at us go. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all sad and shit. Uh, anyways, next question uh, from Josiah Waldner: uh, Who's your top five broadcasters? So we talked about this, and well, we're not going to do top five, but we are going to talk about some of our favorites. And just kind of like, I don't want to see where that conversation leads. So uh, I wanted to say, like right off the bat, broadcaster I love, and I think he gets too much hate, is Joe Buck. I think he's, he's a great broadcaster. I I love the stereotype that he hates every single uh, like team. 
Like, every fan just complains that he hates their team. It's like, how does he hate every team then? Like, how is that possible? Like, if everyone complains about it, that can't be a thing. But I think, I think he's great. I think he's actually, like, perfect for playoff baseball games because he's very, like, kind of in the background and more, and more of a narrative. Yeah. I think that's perfect for playoff baseball games that tend to be slower and kind of, uh, you know, you let what's on the field tell the story rather than an announcer. And I think he's really good at letting that happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, his Twitter bio was actually really good for a while back. He was um, Joe Buck announcer, blah blah blah. I like every professional sports team except yours, and that was that was <laughs> it. Right there. It was really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. I agree with you, but I'll ask you this question: Did you have any problem with him whatsoever um, taking the? And we'll see you tomorrow night call when David Freeze hit the home run back in what was it? Twenty. That was twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. I mean, did you have? Did you go? Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Or now looking back, because obviously he probably didn't care much back then, but you know, because he took the Kirby Puckett call, I guess. Do I? I'm gonna be honest with you. That 2011 Game Six uh, was the World Series, the Cardinals against the Texas yeah. Rangers. I remember it so vividly, uh, just because it was such a phenomenal game. Right. Like, like high key, Like, I'm not even joking. That might be like the best baseball game I'd ever like sat down and watched in its entirety. It was just. It, I, I can't even like put into words how incredible it was. Just how, how many lead changes there were and whatnot. Uh, long story short, I, I don't even think I was even aware that that was like a, a Jack Buck. Like that was his dad's call yep. with Kirby Puckett. I just remember when it happened, I was just so like shook it. I'm like, holy, <laughs> holy crap, David Freeze just hit a home run to walk off game six of the World Series. Like I was just so overcome with like the shock of it that I couldn't even understand it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think it's actually really cool he did that, you know? Honor his dad. His dad called a walk-off home run in the World Series the same way he did. That's cool to me. That's dope. Yeah, um, I agree with you completely. I think it was just a good thing. Um, looking back now, it's great, you know, family history and all that. So just good to see. I liked it a lot, actually. But a lot of people I know just don't like it because, I don't know, just stealing Twins. His, that's why a lot of Twins fans don't like him, just because, you know, that's ours. That's our call, but whatever, you know. But bunch of i i know we're crusty old bastards that's like the cr- most crusty old bastard thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> you can't own a call you, it, it's words like that uh, that's ridiculous it's ridiculous us young kids going and taking over this <laughs> you can't be mad about this but whoops <laughs> yeah. yeah so but yeah i agree with you. joe buck's good i'm i don't I mean, a lot of people are starting to dislike, just right, go right to the Twins, dislike Dick Bremer, but I think Dick Bremer is one of the best in baseball, easily. I love, I mean, I, he's easily, I just love him when he's broadcasting. How about you? Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, I love Dick uh, Bremer as well. Uh, I think one really underrated thing about uh, Dick is that he's really good at working with whoever is given to him. Because, like, you know, when he's, because he's got to deal with the range like the spectrum of people. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, which is as far as like how they see the game. Let me be clear right for now. Sure, for uh, sure. Like come off is really bad. But uh, I mean, he's got to deal with Jack Morris and then Justin Morneau and Roy Smalley. Occasionally, you know, guys like Tory Hunter and well, it's like, these are guys who, you know, they all have different mannerisms, different ways they see the game. And the way uh, Dick announces the game is he never like demeans the way they see the game. Like if Jack goes on his old crusty man, uh, you know, stuff about how pitchers never go deep into games. He'll, he'll kind of go with that. He'll never like 
stop him and just be like, oh, that's a load of crap, whatever. He'll right. go with it. And when, when Morneau's bringing in his modern stuff, like, oh, you know, the pitcher threw this pitch. If I'm a hitter, I'm looking for this pitch, and I'm going to hit it over here, you know. And he's bringing in that broadcast. He's, you know, kind of eggs him on as far as that goes. And I think it's a highly underrated ability to be able to do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not like, because all of them, uh, from Bert to Jack to Justin to Tori to Latroy to Roy, oh, my gosh, they have a lot of second <laughs> broadcasters here, man. Wow. But yeah, it's not like there's not really two of them even that are the same. It's every single one of them is does their own thing differently, and he's got to adapt to all of them. And he does it just you know spectacularly. It used to be just birds, but over the last few years here, it's been just you know spread out all over the place. So absolutely props to him for being able to do that and still maintain being an excellent broadcaster himself. I have, I mean, he just makes the game so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Now the the only thing I'm gonna have to ding him on is that he's going to have to chill with his home run calls sometimes because he's very bad at seeing which which ball is actually made a home run. Happens all the time where he's just like, in a long drive, caught at the wall. And you're just like, dude, you can't. My guy. Who's worse at judging a home run, Eddie Rosario when he hits it or Dick Bremer in the booth? He's, he's got, Eddie's got a lot of singles there. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's hilarious. Uh, gee, yeah. Could you imagine? Imagine like combining them both somehow, like just. Oh the... man! <laughs> I mean, yeah. if the players are getting fooled, I don't. I guess I don't blame Bert too. Bert, Bremer too much for falling for it when Eddie hits one off the top of the wall again. Yeah, again, and he stand on second. Like, <laughs> oh, I thought that was gonna be gone. Oh damn! Uh, also, that it's it was the weirdest thing. You remember the? Uh, I mean, obviously you remember, but uh, the Miguel Sano walk off against Atlanta. Yes, uh, I knew you were going to bring this up because he just didn't know it was a home run. Well, yeah, that too, where he's just like, uh, drive hit to center field. And like eight seconds later, I think he realized like, <laughs> oh my God, he hit the second deck. Like that's yeah. gone. But you you juxtapose that with Acuna who like walked in and didn't right. go out at all. And I'm like, what's happening here? It kind of felt like the Twilight Zone baseball. Like, oh. wait, wait, wait. It, it was just a really weird experience. And then uh, Snow's walking around and you're like, okay, so it was a home run. But for like a second, I was just like, what is happening? I'm so confused. Right, because you combine it with the hit off the bat, which looks obviously like that was going 500 feet. Then it's up, oh, fly ball in center field, and Acuna's running in. It's like, well, wait a minute. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like three seconds of pure confusion. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you understand, because right. that, that got me at the, when it happened. I was like, oh, jeez, it was strange. But that's all I have to say. Uh, I don't know. When, so let's see, we talked about Joe... Oh, Joe Buck, uh, Dick Bramer. Uh, I, as far as like guys that uh, they bring on uh, randomly and uh, kind of change them out. Uh, I love Morneau. I thought he's done a great job. I really love Tory Hunter because he always just like fights with Dick, and you can kind of tell. I don't think Dick likes him, and that makes it even funnier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are the guys I enjoy uh, especially. Yeah, Tory Hunter does not go it about it in a traditional way at all. He's just going on, just like. Just talking freely, saying whatever he wants, just having fun up there. It's, it's, it's great. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Morneau, and I guess Roy Smalley's interesting. He's he just likes to go on his tangents, but he he knows he knows the game well, so he's fun to listen to. Yeah. Uh, also, Tori gave me my favorite saying: uh, "We got a guy there." Uh, I <laughs> yep. I say that all the time. Whenever there's a, <laughs> a well hit ball or whatever, I'm like, we got a guy there. We got a guy there. Ain't no problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly interesting, and I don't know. I think they. We're talking about bringing Mauer in soon, so that would be good on its own, too. Mauer and Morneau in the booth, can you imagine? Just... I was going to say, can we get a broadcast of just Mauer and Morneau? Yes. 
<laughs> oh, that'd be, uh, be funny. Also, shout out to that one time Derek Alvey was the announcer for like three innings. That was a weird game. Yeah, that was, wasn't he just like supposed to be a guest, but he'd like accidentally call the game or something? No, or I think that... what happened. So that was the Angels game last year. It was the game after they got rained out in California. Uh, I remember this, and I believe it was Latroy who was announcing the series, but he left early because I think he had a graduation in the family or something. And so they're like, well, we need an announcer for like nine innings or nine innings. And so they did like a patchwork. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember if Falvey started it. I think they had the director of like travel or whatever. Oh man. I, I don't remember who all they brought in, but they just brought in like an ensemble of guys. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Falvey did it for like three innings and it was, it was weird, but it was kind of cool. Oh, I must have just, I honestly don't really remember this. I must have just missed the game. Strange, but that sounds great. I would... <laughs> yeah. That was when they just gave the Angels the business. Like, it just destroyed okay. them by 12. Huh. So, that, was a, that was a fun one. Derek Falvey. Uh, Derek Falvey is your third favorite announcer. As, uh, man as of much as many talents, we're talking about. evidently. Yeah, Derek, he, end of story. Derek Falvey, one of my favorite announcers. Love that guy. <laughs> but anyways, I believe... We're out of, out of things to talk about. Uh, those were our last two questions. So uh, I've been talking to self-promotions. I wrote this last week. I wrote an article about uh, the Twins, you know, when they traded away their outfielders uh, kind of in preparation for prospects and how that didn't work a few years ago. And I kind of compare that to their situation now. Uh, it was something, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I believed in it. Uh, even myself when I wrote it, but it was it was an interesting thought experiment. I always find it interesting to write an article about something you might not necessarily believe in because it kind of pushes you to maybe even believe yeah. in that and like research it a little bit harder. Uh, so I did that. Uh, what did you write about? Yeah, so I just went on top five hitters that have just destroyed the Twins this decade, or not this decade since two thousand. Um, you know, can you guess one of them? Well, I know one of them was Josh Donaldson. Yes, he was number one, and it was by far. He was insanely good against the Twins. Good job signing him. Yeah. If you can't stop him, sign him, I guess. Right. Well, I, I want to ask off the top of my head, was Jose Batista one of them also? Uh, yes. And the strategy, if you can't beat him, sign him, also applied with Jim Tomey, who was one of them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, when doing it, I'd like make sure he didn't just destroy every team. Like all these guys, their ranks were like he they hit their best OPS against the twins. Like Batista for some reason just destroyed them. It was just insane. I don't know why, but same with Tommy. He was good against everyone, but just especially good against the twins. It was wild. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like Eddie Rosario versus Cleveland or something like that. Which is a thing. Oh why, yeah, why? I was thinking Kepler, but yeah, you're right. Rosario goes off against Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, why are you so this doesn't make sense. I don't even know if it's like, because like as a statistical person, like is that even really a thing? But then with my own two eyes, I'm like, we can't get this bastard out. It's like true. this, how does this happen? It's, it's a weird dichotomy. It's like Curtis Granderson lately. Oh, well Sorry. he's retired now, so we don't have to worry about that. He what? Really? Yeah, he's retired. Since when? Like two months ago, dude. Well, this is the best news I've gotten all year. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Are you going to celebrate the dude retiring? Yes, he killed the Twins. <laughs> it could not get him out. Or wait, was it Curtis? Who am I thinking of? Curtis Granderson. Oh, yeah, they, he just passed the torch to Didi Gregorius. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, now. oh, God. Okay. Oh, yeah. don't. Why would you even mention that? Sorry, yeah. I got his name wrong. Cause I, yeah. 
They both just kind of uh, switched off there. Uh, yeah, Gregorius is my least I'm, favorite baseball player. I'm banning you from saying that man's name one more time. He <laughs> hides under my bed at night, and he's my night. <laughs> and that's all I can say. I get it. I, I made, a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why, I made just a video of, like, a two-minute-long video and posted on Twitter of Curtis Granderson just destroying the Twins. Uh, yeah, I... Wait, what is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, I don't know why I did that. Just, you know, live back old memories. Well, I, some memories are better left dead. That's, you know... You're right, you're I, right. All right, fair enough. Okay. I just did it. I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to think about Didier Gross anymore. I'm done with that guy. Um, anyways, this has been the episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully with something pertaining to baseball. I doubt it, but, you know, we can always have hope. Uh, anyways, good episode. Enjoy talking to Cody. And we'll see you back next week. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>